reading from the first letter of John. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not, lo does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way, God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit and we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the Gospel according to Mark. People were bringing little children to Jesus in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the great and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Well, hello. I welcome you to Evensong this evening. My name is Adrian Cook, and I'm one of the priests of the cathedral. I want to offer a special thanks tonight for our own uh, cathedral choir and for the wonderful prayers that you have blessed us with this evening and led us with, and for Carolyn on, our, on the organ and for Todd, our conductor. And in a few moments, you will hear from one of my colleagues, from the Reverend Peter Foss, and it's always wonderful to have him here with us along with his husband, Andrew. <clears throat> I do have a few announcements, one of which is if this week you've had one of those pizza cravings that you just can't get rid of, we can help you with that. We're going to have pizza after Evensong, and we hope that you'll join us in the hallway out there in the piazza. Um, and if you'd like to learn more about the windows, which you cannot see this evening, um, you can see them on slides. Those will be in one of the conference rooms, and um, Michael Wells will be leading us. He's a historian and will be leading us in some of the history of those windows. So I hope that you will join us. Peter, I welcome you. 
Sinterklaas kapoentje, gooi wat in mijn schoentje, gooi wat in mijn laarsje, dank je Sinterklaasje. No, I am not speaking in tongues. Those of you who are fans of the classic holiday movie, Miracle on 34th Street, will recognize the children's song I just sang as the one sung by Santa Claus and the little Dutch orphan girl at Macy's on Herald Square. The lyrics translate as Saint Nicholas, little capon, throw something into my little shoe, throw something into my little boot, thank you, Saint Nicholas. Why Saint Nicholas is being likened to a capon is ambiguous. Most likely it's because a bishop dressed in full regalia looks somewhat like a colorful rooster. But don't quote me on that, especially to a bishop. Today is the feast of Saint Nicholas, the Bishop of Myra, a port city in Asia Minor. Nicholas lived between 270 and 343 CE. The 6th of December is the date of his death. Because of the many miracles he is reputed to have performed, Nicholas is also known as the wonder worker. St. Nicholas was very generous in giving gifts. He is reputed to have rescued three young girls from being forced into prostitution by dropping a sack of gold coins through the window of their house each night for three nights so their father could pay a dowry for each of them. Nicholas is the patron saint of sailors, of merchants, of archers, of repentant thieves, of brewers, of pawnbrokers, and of unmarried people. But the most famous patron is of children. Nicholas loved children. And of course, he is the precursor of Santa Claus. We Americans get our Santa Claus via the Dutch, who called him Sinterklaas, and who settled New Netherlands and New Amsterdam, now the state and city of New York, respectively. The Dutch celebrate Sinterklaas on the evening of December 5th, last night, when children put their shoes out with carrots and apples and hay for Sinterklaas's horse. That evening, Sinterklaas rides on the rooftops of Dutch homes with his helpers, the Peets, who drop down the chimney to leave presents. Is this sounding a little familiar? If the children have been good, they get toys and chocolates and various treats. And if they've been bad, they get put into one of the Pete's gunny sacks and taken back to Spain, where Sinterklaas comes from. Don't ask. I will observe, though, that that's about the biggest dis disincentive to being good that I can imagine. Let's see, Amsterdam or the Costa del Sol in December? You take your choice. When the English took over New York and learned of Sinterklaas, what they heard was Santa Claus, not Sinterklaas. And so, well, that's kind of the history of that up to that point. That is until 
200 years later in the 19th century when Thomas Nast illustrated the first Santa that we know today in Harper's Magazine and Clement Clark Moore of General Theological Seminary, my alma mater fame, uh, immortalized Santa in his famous poem, "'Twas the Night Before Christmas." As they say, the rest is history. There's a scene in Miracle on 34th Street where Fred Gailey, the attorney, arguing in the New York Supreme Court that Santa Claus is, well, actually really Santa, has a fight with Doris Walker, the Macy's employee who initially hired Santa for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. She is skeptical that Santa is really Santa and not just some kindly older man with a really great white beard. Fred has just given up his job at a prestigious law firm because of this case, and Doris is furious with him for acting, as she says, like a child and throwing away the tangible things of life, like money and reputation and success. She sees him engaged in a foolish endeavor. Fred replies by saying that this case is important to him because Santa Claus stands for kindness and joy and love and all those other intangibles of life. He wants to defend and honor Santa because of those qualities that he sees as crucial to having a good life. He tells her, don't overlook those lovely intangibles. You'll discover they're the only things that are worthwhile. The only things that are worthwhile those intangibles of kindness and joy and of love. They sum up the life of St. Nicholas, who loved and cared for the imperiled, for the vulnerable, and for the weak in the world, just like the Santa in Miracle on 34th Street did. And both, of course, emulate Jesus. In our Gospel reading for Mark tonight, Jesus rebukes the disciples who are trying to prevent little children from coming to him. And he says to them, it is such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. The kingdom of God, my friends, belongs to all of those who, regardless of their age, like children, incarnate those precious intangibles of life. Those who know and do so, ultimately understand they are the only things that are worthwhile. As we move deeper into this season, may we, like St. Nicholas, incarnate those lovely intangibles in our own lives. And may they be the most precious gift we give and that we receive this Christmas. Amen.
O oh God, you have taught us through your blessed Son that whoever receives a little child in the name of Christ receives Christ himself. We give you thanks for the blessing you have bestowed upon us in giving to us children. Confirm our joy by a lively sense of your presence with them and give us calm strength and patient wisdom as we seek to bring children to love all that is true and noble, just and pure, lovable and gracious, excellent and admirable, following the example of St. Nicholas and of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Please join me in praying prayer number two, the night prayer from the New Zealand Prayer Book. Be present, Spirit of God, within us, your dwelling place and home, that this house may be one where all darkness is penetrated by your light, all troubles calmed by your peace, all evil redeemed by your love, all pain transformed in your suffering, and all dying glorified in your risen life. Amen.
May God the Father, who by baptism adopts us as his children, grant you grace. May God the Son, who sanctified a home at Nazareth, fill you with love. May God the Holy Spirit, who has made the church one family, keep you in peace. Amen. <laughs>